NPR. This is the indicator for Planet Money. I'm Adrian Ma. I'm Waylon Wong. And I'm Darian Woods. Very happy to be with all three indicator hosts. You guys, this is like the planets aligning, right? It happens once in a blue moon. You know, a blue moon is like just when you have two moons in a month. Sorry to be annoying. Darian, <laughs> stop bringing down the mood. But it doesn't happen that often, right? I feel like the analogy is apt. So yeah, it's appropriate. It's a moderately special event. Listeners, you've joined us for a moderately special edition of Indicators of the Week. That's right. I'm going to be talking about the U.S. housing market. I'm going to be talking about the economy of Turkey, which is anything but moderate, I got to say. And my indicator has to do with Amazon. By the way, Amazon is one of NPR's sponsors, but we, of course, cover it like any other company. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com indicator. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This message comes from NPR sponsor, American Express Business. The Enhanced Amex Business Gold Card is packed with benefits, like four times points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This message comes from NPR sponsor Comcast. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Learn more at comcast.com slash project up. It's Indicators of the Week, a moderately special edition. Thank you, Darian. And for coining this phrase, you should kick us off. Okay, my indicator is 4%, which is roughly how much U.S. housing prices are down from their peak in June of last year. Okay, good news for people looking to buy a home right now. Yeah, although you know with an asterisk uh, that mortgage rates are around 7%, so it's not exactly a joyful time to be buying. Bad news for people trying to buy a home right now. This has been what the Fed's trying to do, right? It's raising rates, it slows down home purchases. That's what was supposed to happen, right? That's, That's right. What really stood out to me was the regional variation. So the 4% drop is a national average, but in the northeast of the country, house prices are actually up 2.5% in the year to May. Okay, so bad news if you're trying to buy a house in Boston or in New York or something? Yeah, and the biggest drops are in the west of the country. Historically, this is the most expensive region, and it makes people sensitive to higher interest rates. Places like California are losing populations to cheaper states, and this became especially apparent when remote work became more of an option. Plus, the recent tech layoffs haven't helped. Well, this makes me feel pretty good, uh, knowing that I bought at the peak of the market. Uh, <laughs> you timed it just right. <laughs> so, so home prices are down 4% nationally. But, you know, what about the situation that was contributing to that surge in home prices before that? The housing shortage. Has anything changed on that front? 
Yeah, so you can look at the housing starts numbers that also came out this week, which is the number of houses where construction has started. And somewhat surprisingly, even with the high interest rates, housing starts picked up a little bit in the month to May. You had more construction work starting. That's good news for the housing shortage in the long run. Um, That said, it could be a temporary phenomenon due to supply chain bottlenecks easing. If you can remember that lumber shortage in the pandemic, that's now over. These things are allowing home builders to start to clear backlogs faster. Or also this increase could just be monthly statistical noise. I wouldn't put too much stock on one month's data. Instead, you might want to look at a, a longer term picture of what's in the pipeline right at the beginning, the permits. And permits are down about 13% from last year. Hmm. So it could be that the higher interest rates are constraining new supply. Basically. And interest rates rising, that uh, brings us to your indicator, Waylon. It sure does. So my indicator is 15%. That is the new benchmark interest rate in Turkey. The Turkish Central Bank has a new governor, and this was her first big move. She raised rates from 8.5% to 15%. Wow, it just makes the American interest rates look a little bit tepid in comparison. Quite a bit. I think these numbers are very hard for us in the U.S. to get our minds around. They're just so high. And Turkey's economy is definitely an outlier. They have really high inflation, around 40 percent. But, you know, the Turkish president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, is extremely opposed to raising interest rates. It's like an ideological thing for him. Yeah, and that goes against every macroeconomics textbook on how the economy works. You did a whole episode on this, Waylon. Turkey's lowering interest rate approach did not seem to be working. The currency lost a ton of value. The president fired a bunch of his central bank governors who weren't following his kind of opposite-day ideology. Exactly. I think central bank governor is not the position you want in Turkey if you're looking for job stability, let's just say. (laughs) This makes me so curious then about, like, who this new central banker is. Like, who would actually want to step into this job where people don't have a very long history? Yeah, so Erdogan recently got elected to a third term as president, and then he had a brand new cabinet, and his new finance minister is this market-friendly guy. So that was a signal that maybe he's finally open to some more traditional economic policies after all these years of going the opposite way. And then he appointed this new central bank governor. She is a former executive at Goldman Sachs. Her name is Hafiza Gaya Erkan, and she is expected to turn Turkey back to more orthodox monetary policy as the economy would say. All right. So inflation going up, interest rates now at 15 percent. Do people expect that this is going to be enough? Not this first rate hike. The amount of the increase was actually below expectations. But the central bank under this new leadership says it will keep raising rates in a gradual way until the inflation outlook gets better. Obviously, at 40 percent, still a long way to go. So we'll see what she does through the rest of the year. But, you know, she has a really interesting resume. Just as a side note, she was co-CEO of First Republic. This is the bank that collapsed earlier this huh. year, although she oh. did leave before all that happened. But it's like a very interesting resume. Okay. Maybe she is an adrenaline junkie. I don't know. Uh, some people like bungee <laughs> jumping. Uh, others prefer financial tumult. <laughs> Speaking of financial fiascos, Adrian, Amazon's in trouble. Tell us about that. Yeah. So who here actually has a Prime membership? No, I, I do not. I, I glom on to my mother-in-laws. I do have an Amazon Prime membership. So that is actually kind of funny because it is a perfect reflection of, like, the U.S. population that actually has Amazon Prime. So according to this one estimate, 
50% of Americans or 168 million people have access to an Amazon Prime subscription. It's like a staggering number of people. It's a ton of people. And the thing is, this week, there was some news that suggests that some of those 168 million people don't actually want to be subscribers to Amazon Prime. Come see the light. Life is fine without an Amazon Prime subscription. That's, uh, that's my pitch. Darian, <laughs> he's standing outside the walled garden my right now. My life is completely fine without one. So the Federal Trade Commission, which is like the business watchdog agency in the federal government, they filed a lawsuit in federal court in Washington this week. And this lawsuit makes three basic claims against Amazon. One, they said that the company, quote, duped millions of consumers into unknowingly enrolling in Amazon Prime. Two, they said that Amazon used so-called dark patterns, basically alleging the company designed its web pages to trick customers into subscribing to ongoing Prime memberships. And then finally, they said that the company made it extremely difficult for consumers to cancel their Prime subscriptions. And the FTC claims in their complaint that people inside the company actually, they actually knew how hard it was to cancel a Prime subscription. And they actually nicknamed this process the Iliad. I love that apparently there's Homer super fans working over there in Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for those who don't know, this like epic Greek poem about a long, arduous war, right? That is apparently how they described their own cancellation process. Amazon, by the way, denies these claims. And, And we should also note that before the FTC filed its lawsuit, they say that Amazon has tried to kind of change up its act and Amazon has since made its cancellation process easier. And this is part of a a range of legal action that the FTC has taken against tech companies recently. Yeah, so this has actually been a real priority for the chair of the FTC, Lena Khan. She's taken aim at what she views as anti-competitive or deceptive business practices. And in the two years she's been on the job, the FTC has done things like sue to stop acquisition deals in the tech industry and the defense industry. It sued Google over allegedly deceptive marketing. So yeah, this latest Amazon Prime lawsuit is definitely in that same wheelhouse. And the FTC has gone after companies specifically for subscriptions and trapping people into subscriptions. I feel like this is a big hobby horse of theirs. Or a Trojan horse, right? Iliad here. Lena Khan pops out of the horse being like, it's me, Lena Khan, and you've been sued for deceptive practices. This show was produced by Brittany Cronin with engineering by Catherine Silva. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Viet Laser senior producer, Kate Kingannon edits the show, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, ShipBob. E-commerce logistics making you question why you started your business? Time to outsource fulfillment to the experts over at ShipBob. Get a free quote at shipbob.com. ShipBob. All that sitting and swiping... Your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.